No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. A sleepy 40 minutes turned into a caffeine-fueled final 20. The Winnipeg Jets pulling off the 4-2 victory in upstate New York. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba, for all those joining us live on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms. We say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. With Dave Manuk, with Ezra Ginsberg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel, here to discuss the Jets' 4-2 victory, a game that, as I said in the prelude, was a little sleepy to start. And then gradually got better as the game went on, leading to a very entertaining final 20 minutes. Gentlemen, good to see you both on this Thursday night. Ezzy, glad to see you got the computer up and running successfully. What's up, boys? Yeah, that a little bit of an issue to start off. But yeah, I would agree with Drew. It was uh, sluggish, I would say, mm-hmm. for big parts of that game. Especially the second period uh, was not pretty at all. Um, but you got to love that entertaining third period. And there were maybe a few too many chances. And it looked like Jeff Skinner might have beat Connor Hellebuck, but he did the uh, the old snow angel or whatever you want to call it. It was an incredible save. So, yeah, look, they needed these two points. They needed the clean two points because the game against Detroit, even though it was also entertaining, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, defensively, it was, a, it was as chaotic as it gets. So you've got Pittsburgh coming up tomorrow. You're not going to have that much time to celebrate it in Buffalo. Um, but Hellebuck deserves a big part of that win. And obviously Ehlers, Connor Dubois, that line was fantastic tonight. And, and Josh Morrissey gets back on the board. Exactly. You're right. Uh, Connor Hellebuck with the bounce back effort tonight, Dave, it was an uncharacteristic performance by him yesterday, pardon me, Tuesday in Detroit, of course. And usually when Connor Hellebuck has one bad game, he doesn't make it two games in a row. And tonight he was uh, certainly the reason in my estimation that the Jets ended up collecting the two points for the victory. Yeah, there's no question about it. And look, Connor Hellebuck, you knew we weren't sure. Of course, because the Jets have a tough game in Pittsburgh tomorrow night, but we weren't so we weren't sure how the goalie rotation would be. But you knew after having a lesson Hellebuckian effort on Tuesday that he'd want to be back in the net for an opportunity to uh, to redeem himself, and he did that. And he had plenty of opportunities uh, in this game to stop some Grade A chances uh, by those Sabers. And look, that's the number one scoring team in the NHL right now, okay. the Buffalo Sabers. Their goal differential coming into the game was. Plus 17, they allow a lot of goals at 135, but they, you know, have 100, I think they had 152 goals coming into this game. So, I mean, Buffalo scores a lot. Tage Thompson scores a lot. You know, the Buffalo Sabres are, uh, you know, a high-scoring team. And this game was a one nothing game for quite a while. And you're expecting, you weren't sure what you were to get with this Jets club. And there were some, obviously, some lineup changes, which we weren't certain of. David Gustafson goes on IR now to make way for Saku Manalainen, who came off of IR, and he's dealing with an upper body injury as per Rick Bonus in advance of the game, or maybe it was Jamie Thomas starting to get, uh, and Villa Hinolas took warm-up skate, but he's still dealing with the illness. So, and he went, there was no one he was expected to come in for anyways, because that's what Rick Bonus had said in the me- morning media availability, right? So um, Kevin Stanley comes back in after missing the last game due to illness, mm-hmm. and, and you've got Saku Manalainen now playing his first game since what was it that blues game uh feels like quite a while ago so uh not not and of course the Jets didn't skate yesterday uh, after the game in Detroit they took yesterday as a as a day off so 
Doesn't it seem like there's been that illness going through the Jets dressing room for like the last well, they, six weeks? Well, because this is the second round of it. They had that big, they had that big right. sort of deal that they dealt with. And then I think like the night Shifley had the hat trick, he was dealing with this illness and Pierre-Luc Dubois was dealing with this illness. And now it seems like it's filtered down, but of course, Gustafson, not an illness. It's a, it's a, it's an upper body injury. So they've mm-hmm. put We're not infectious disease experts, but we'll take a look. <laughs> exactly right but in any event yes uh you know the jets going through some struggles uh health wise illness wise injury wise to david gustafson which uh is the reason why he's uh partly out of the lineup as, as well but you know they fight through it and they fight through the adversity uh you know uh, against a difficult opponent you know people look at buffalo's record and and they might think eh, this isn't a, a very good hockey team well if you watch that game tonight that Buffalo Sabres team has got a fair bit of talent, and I suspect they're going to be in it right towards to the end of the year, given the way they perform. There's a lot of talent up front there. They're getting some uh, decent goaltending. They obviously give up a lot, but you have to you can't talk about tonight's game without talking about the penalty killing effort by the Winnipeg Jets, because this was the second best uh, power play in the NHL. The Buffalo Sabres uh, unit is, and the Jets, uh, you know, who have a very good penalty kill themselves, were more than equal to the challenge making the Sabres go 0 for 5 with the man advantage during tonight's game as Yeah, I would agree with that. It was a huge reason why they won and like Blake Wheeler's penalty you definitely don't like. Adam Lowry, I agree with Dave. We were talking about that while we were watching the game here. Like I, I think the, the Lowry penalty I think it was on Yoki Haru if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I think he was called for elbowing. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I don't know why how that was elbowing. If anything that would have been like interference or something like that but Look, they, they took too many penalties in this game. It was a little bit uncharacteristic, but you're right. I mean, the Sabres have one of the best power plays in the league. Tage Thompson's shot was on display. I mean, Rasmus Dahlin, guys, like, I mean, nobody would be surprised if he's going to be a, a Norris Trophy finalist or Norris Trophy winner one day, right? Like, he's incredible. Right. And how big does Owen Power look on the ice as well, right? Like, <laughs> you know, he's six five six six, but I was saying, like, sometimes out there he looked like he was seven feet tall. So uh, Owen Power was was uh, his skill and skating was on display. But you're right. I mean, th- this was you know the Jets were giving the Sabers opportunities in this game. And you know, mm-hmm. Dave mentioned Kevin Stenland. I thought he was incredible on on the penalty kill. And so was Saku Manalainen. Right, not the easiest position to you know be put into. Right, like how many games yeah. did Manalainen miss, guys? 15, 16 games. It's pretty crazy actually that he's he doesn't feel like he missed that many games. But we know how many games there were in the month of December. Right, so. Um, the special teams were really good, led by Connor Hellebuck. Um, and I, I think, you know, you, you can take that into the next game against Pittsburgh and feel good about that. But, you know, there were large chunks of this game similar to the game against Detroit and similar to some of the games, you know, in the five-game winning streak where, you know, the Jets were being badly outshot, badly outplayed, uh, but they managed to, you know, get timely goal scoring. And there was no more timely goal scoring than, you know, Kyle Connor when it was going back and forth, as Drew mentioned, right? Like yeah. that's the, there's a lot of similarities between Buffalo and Detroit. If you think about it, like these teams are on the verge, I think of being really good teams, um, but they're still trying to figure out with all the young talent they have on the ice. So there's no doubt the penalty kill was, you know, a plus tonight. Certainly, that'll be something Rick Bonus will be happy to see because the if the Jets had only been average on the penalty kill, well, we know that this result would have been different than it was. I mean, this isn't a great win for the Jets. It's a great result. You're happy with the result, but you're not happy with the game. It's a better 
it's closer to what you want your game to look like than it was on Tuesday because Tuesday was such a gong show against the Red Wings that you basically, you know, you know, the coaching staff won't, but uh, I mean, everyone in the Jets dressing room know how bad Tuesday was in terms of how their structure needs to be today. Wasn't much better, but it was a little bit better. It was, it was closer to how they want it to be. But again, they're playing against some, a little bit of some run and gun teams and it's, it's hard to not fall into the trap of run and gun, Dave. It exactly. Took, you know, forty minutes for it to get to that point mm-hmm. because both teams were sort of uh, not sloppy. I don't think sloppy would be the right word. They were just maybe fighting the puck a little bit. Uh, you know, through the first. I think uh, sloppy is sloppy is the right word, Drew. I okay. mean, okay. I, I don't know if the whole the the whole uh, you know period uh, the first couple periods, but it definitely wasn't beautiful hockey <laughs> oh. that way. And you're oh. right; it was it, it didn't really open up until the third period. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe part of that had to do with, you know, as we talked about, you know, some of the guys that are coming back into the lineup, Stenlin, Manalainen, you know, first game of a back-to-back, you're coming off of that emotional roller coaster game in the Motor City, right? So it, whatever you want to call it, it wasn't a very good first couple periods for the Jets. No, but it's a result is a result. And why don't we get into it in the Betway game recap? Not as many goals as we've had the last couple games, but yeah. the, the Betway game recap undoubtedly will still be fun. And it is brought to you by Betway, one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports, as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Bet way and bet your way must be 19 years or older to play dave say along with me please play responsibly the jets open the scoring this is what they wanted to do when you're on the road uh, you know playing against a team like the buffalo sabers that can get uh, some goals behind your goalie more often than not the jets open the scoring at the 635 mark of the first period dylan sandberg good for him he wasn't sure he was going to be in the lineup a couple days ago this Vili Hainala, uh illness is is all it looks like it might be what it's keeping sandberg in the lineup or what kept sandberg in the lineup at the very least his second of the year assist to nate schmidt and it's put the puck on net Good things are going to happen. Win a face-off with the Jets do after the Sabres ice the puck. The Jets get the face-off. Sandberg goes down the, uh, I guess, if, to the right of the Sabres goalie, the right side of the boards. He fires it on net. And with a lot of traffic in front, Blake Wheeler providing a screen, he gets the Jets the early one nothing lead, Dave. Yeah, and it's critical because we talk about starts for this Winnipeg Jets club, and it was something that was kind of a talking point in the media availability with Rick Bonus uh, earlier today. And it's been a fact of life for Winnipeg is that they haven't started on time very often in the last month. And you can say that it's been a situation with the lineup, but regardless, it's, it is the reality of their situation. They relied on Connor Hellebuck to be excellent, and as a result, um, you know, the other teams possess the puck and they haven't. And so when you can get a lead like that and you get, I mean, we're, we're still not sure why, uh, uh, you know, as, as per Mike McIntyre, Mark Shifley picked up that puck uh, of Dylan Sandberg's because it was his third, <laughs> third NHL goal. And it was his uh, second of the season. second of the season. So I'm not entirely certain what happened there um, as he's deep in thought or he's frozen, but I'm not sure. It looks like maybe I'm going to guess he's frozen. I think frozen. But, I'm going to guess. Or it, maybe he's a wax statue. Maybe we finally have accomplished. We've made a, a wax figuring, uh, figurine out of Ginsburg. That could be fun also. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I'm not sure because we're both on the same Wi-Fi. As he might end up beside me, folks, just in case. So we may have to pull up a chair. Actually, that would be good. If he has a problem with his computer, you can just pull up uh, a chair beside me. And we can do the show together. That's all good. I'll, I'll make room for the big man. 
But uh, oh, there yeah, he goes. There okay, he goes. well, he's going to restart. Okay, anywho. So look, it's it, it's big for Dylan Sandberg because you're right, Drew. I mean, he's got some uncertainty in his in his game. And uh, look, he made a critical save for the Winnipeg Jets on you know towards the end of the game, which led to the Kyle Connor goal. But mm-hmm. um, and the block shot on the on the on the penalty kill where you saw him shaking. Yeah, he was that's a, right. You know the the warrior cliche, which is uh, admittedly overused, but he was getting uh, his body I- into the game today. He was in the game. He was involved. Uh, he was active both on the defensive side and getting his body in the way. And then you know for a guy like Sandberg, this has got to be. It's got to feel good to get a goal like this to be rewarded with a goal like this. Yeah. It's not the prettiest, but it's effective. I mean, Dylan Sandberg's not going to score pretty goals. That's not his game. That's not what you expect of him. He's not uh, Josh Morrissey-esque out there on the blue line right. uh, with the dipsy and the doodling. But, you know, you you, you do what's right you, and you put yourself in a position to succeed. And he mm-hmm. opens the scoring by simply doing that and then getting a shot through traffic. And there was a lot of traffic in front of well, the Sabres goaltender there. Uh, you know, and that's one thing we talk about constantly is the need to get to take away the eyes of the netminder. And we've got to give credit to Blake Wheeler because that's exactly what he did. And, mm-hmm. and that goal goes in because Blake Wheeler is using his full height to to block uh, the, the netminder and, and really create chaos in front of the net. And so, look, if you don't have that block, that screen, you probably don't have that goal and you don't have that one nothing lead. So so it, it's it's a good play all around from that Jets club. Yeah, no question about it. Just a quick update because I'm sure people were wondering. I was uh, funny. I was going to – I, I assumed you'd be on this, Drew, so I didn't right. want to jump in, but go okay. ahead. Okay, assuming we're talking about the same thing. Cole oh, Perfetti, the reason for his ice time tonight, another one of those Winnipeg Jets players who's under the weather suffering from the flu same thing with morgan baron that's why morgan baron was a late scratch in tonight's game because yeah. we did not expect to see saku manalain and uh certainly not tonight maybe tomorrow but baron obviously has the flu cole perfetti playing ill which explains why he was i think about eight and a half minutes of ice time well it made and- sense it, it makes sense you know when you think about it given mm-hmm. the fact that he didn't look good on that two-on-one yeah. He also didn't look good on a few instances where the the puck was put up to him, and I'm like, why? Like Perfetti is not going to be confused for Nikolai Ehlers. He's not fast, mm-hmm. but he was just he was just not moving, and he had an opportunity to create create a two on one. He just wasn't moving fast, and ended up making it a two on two. And I was just like, well, what's going on? Like he just doesn't seem like he is uh, skating optimally, and so that explains it a bit. Exactly. He actually only played uh, nine minutes and 37 seconds, but uh, under the weather, Cole Perfetti, and it explains a lot of the uh, line juggling that you sort of saw there late in the uh, in the game with Manaline and jumping up to play with uh, Shifley and with Wheeler. Uh, so there was one nothing for the Winnipeg Jets after 20 minutes. Buffalo ties it up at the 12.02 mark of the second period Olaf with Victor Olafson getting his 16th of the year, also known as Victor Golafson, uh, Casey Middlestat and Henry Yoki Haru getting the assist on this goal. It comes shortly after uh, Blake. We uh, pardon me, Adam Lowry's penalty expires, but the jets are still sort of scrambling. Dave, they're still running around a little bit in their own zone and the Sabres uh, take advantage of it. Casey Middlestat goes low to high. Middlestat takes the puck below the Jets' goal line. He finds uh, Olafson, who's coming in, uh, uh, you know, coming in from from uh, from high up in the zone, and he gets into a prime scoring opportunity. He snipes it past Bla- uh, Blake Wheeler. Snipes it past Connor <laughs> Hellebuck to tie the game up at one. 
Yeah, I mean, it's 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 an unfortunate situation for the Jets because yeah. they've just done another good job of killing the penalty and uh, the, the the penalty that really wasn't the penalty, to, uh, you know, on top of things. This to is Adam Lowry, yeah, Lowry elbowing. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's what we call insult to injury because yeah. I mean, it wasn't, but it kind of still was because you know, of course, it, it throws the lines up lineup into a little bit of chaos as as you said, Drew. They're trying to scramble and, and adjust based on the fact that the kill just ended. And look, it's it, you could sense that it was coming. You could sense that the Sabres were, were getting ready for that opportunity. The Jets were giving up a lot of great A's. And, and it's just a path that nobody takes him. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's right up the middle. And he finds the back of that oh, as is as is almost back in. So we're uh, we're getting ready to add him back to the stream. There we go. As is no longer looking stoic. He's shaking his head. He's ready to get going. As we're discussing that that first Sabres goal uh, by by Buffalo that tied the game one all. So. You want to get into it? Do you want to do it? Because I just I just yapped about the first one. All I know is we gave Drew a hard time about his computer, and I feel like you know karma is a you know what, and I feel like now I'm the one that's struggling with my computer because I know <laughs> it's not the Wi-Fi connection, Dave, because I do almost every show here at your house, and your Wi-Fi yes. is crystal clear. So yeah, for the record, I, I, I solved my problem by buying a new computer. I just want to throw that out there, as he, I did. I reached deep into the in, into the millions that I usually use on on parking in order to buy a new computer, so that I can come through as crystal clear for you. Good well, Drew, folks. you might have to buy me a new computer because <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure I'm not sure what's going on with this. Uh, you know, the, the it just turns off randomly, right? So, I mean, this MacBook is probably four or five years old. Um, so, and we've done a lot of legal curve, uh, activity on this computer. There's been uh, quite a few diet Cokes spilled on the keyboard. So I think, uh, <laughs> I think it's getting to the point where it's time to go uh, to the Apple store, but, uh, yeah, let's. Uh, I guess you guys broke. We the were talking about the Saber, the yeah. Sabers tying goal, the Olafson goal, as he uh, yeah. at the twelve oh two mark of the second period, going low to high. Missed yeah. uh, Casey Middlestath with the pass from below the yeah. goal line, uh, cutting and finding Olafson who's cutting into the middle. Yeah, it's almost like you know, with the exception of the you know, the Kyle Connor goal and obviously the empty netter, like that was that was what this game was, right? It was a high to low shots with some traffic in front of the net. Um, I remember before that because that was what ten seconds after. Uh, Adam Lowry's penalty ended exactly. and um, Rasmus Dahlin had a really good chance on the power play. And then who was it on the rebound? Was it uh, Jeff Skinner on the rebound? I forget who had a really good chance, but yeah, I mean this, so essentially this kind of is a power play goal because they main, maintain possession, um, you know, during the, that whole, uh, you know, transition. So Lowry comes back into the ice, you know, he's not able to, you know, get fully back into the player set the way he would like. And yeah, Victor Olofsson, look at, what did he score in his rookie year, guys? 30, 35 goals? This is a guy that can score goals. And everybody's been talking about Tage Thompson, but you know, Victor Olofsson's having a good year. I think that was his 16th goal or something like that. So I think this the you you felt in that first period, you felt like the with the the way the Sabres were, you know, moving the puck around on the power play, you got you got the feeling that they were gonna tie this game up. It's weird, as in nobody in the chat believes that it's Diet Coke that's causing your computer to have uh, to have technical difficulties. I wonder what they think it is, but let's not get into that. I have no but, idea. Uh, <laughs> no idea whatsoever. I don't know what, what, I don't know what people to. think it is. What do people think it is? I mean, I don't. I don't look at any of that type of stuff. 
<laughs> Good evening to everybody oh, just joining Andrew. us. This is the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsberg with you. We're going through the goals as part of the Betway game recap. The Jets 4-2 victory in upstate New York against the Buffalo Sabres. Didn't take the Jets long to, to retake the lead after the Sabres tied it up. There's your Diet Coke right there. Thank God that's what you're showing us. Uh, Josh Morrissey at the 14-11 There's not going to be a Jeffrey Tubin moment, Drew. Don't, you don't have nothing to worry about. <laughs> and the and a grateful audience says thank you for that. Uh, two minutes and nine seconds after Buffalo tied the game, the Jets retake the lead. You can't keep a good man down for long. Josh Morrissey's a good man. He gets his eighth of the year assist to Nikolai Ehlers and Dylan DeMello. It's amazing how much attention Nikolai Ehlers attracts. Mm -hmm. And that's what you see here. All eyes on Ehlers. And he makes a very uh, nifty pass, but one we've seen him make before to Morrissey. Morrissey gets the time and the space, and he uh, lets it go top shelf uh, to give the Jets the 2-1 lead, Dave. Yeah, and it's funny because that's that's what I noticed about that goal immediately, Drew, was the fact that Ehlers draws two Sabres right to him. And it's and it's crazy because he's not in a, a scoring area. He's at the blue line, so you're not really concerned. You really didn't need to double him up, and yet it just goes to show you how uh, much attention that he does draw. And so he makes a beautiful uh, pass. And and the, the screen for, for on this goal wasn't as good as the Wheeler screen, I thought. I think it was Dubois who's in front of the net. But regardless... The Jets are up to 25 goals from their black back end, right? And that's the whole point. That's what you need. What Rick Bonus talked about. They've already got more goals from their back end this year than they had all of last season. So uh, that's significant. And it, you know, Josh Morrissey. We joked about it. You know, in the what did the Jets score? Uh, 13 goals. What 12, 13 goals over the last two games, and yet he didn't have a single point, a mm -hmm. goal or an assist. So maybe there was a new. Uh, it was going to go like this for Josh Morrissey, but. He showed that he's uh, ready to go. It was funny because just before he scored that goal, Scott O'Neill and him were shown on the bench having some a little a little chit chat. So you wondered what associate coach uh, Scott O'Neill was was thinking. I would suggest that he was probably saying shoot. You know, he's like the crowd at home is probably saying shoot. So maybe that's maybe he, he listened to his coach and uh, you and should be the, the you should be the associate coach for the Jets then if that's all it takes. Just uh, just having to yeah. yell shoot. That's all know? I would say. Well, my, Scott, our friend Scott Billick, when I tweeted that said he said score. So maybe that's what he said. I'm not sure. I feel like Drew, every single hockey parent, that's what every single, when we were all playing minor hockey growing up, I feel yeah. like that's what every single parent screamed on the, when you had a power play and you were getting these shots on that, like you could hear at least like four or five parents every time. Um, my, my dad used to scream. My dad used to holler at me six foot four, six foot four, because he wanted me to play as if I was six foot four despite the fact I had next to no skill to begin with, he wanted me to be out there as if I was, uh, you know, uh, as if I was a big bodied uh, power forward. That's, that's, that's not true, Drew. I've seen you on the ice. You do have skill. And I like that Sheldon was saying that. Look, Sheldon's a motivator. He was uh -huh. trying to motivate you, right? Like he was trying to say, you don't have to be the biggest guy on the ice, but you have to act like you're the biggest guy on the ice. So I like that. It's true. I mean, he could have maybe paid for some skating lessons. That would have helped a little bit more than hollering six foot four at me. But, you know, what's done is done in that case. And I guess my that's uh, not the only reason why my hockey career uh, fizzled out very quickly. I just wanted uh, to say one thing on that goal. Like you yeah, mentioned, please. you know, nifty pass. Like Ehlers makes that look easy. And the thing is, like, you know, what is he up to? Six or seven or eight points since he, he's returned? This is his fourth game, I believe. Like that line, and I, I know, uh, you know, we were talking about it last post game. We talked about it on the Saturday morning show. Like, and you know, he's only going to get better. So that pass was really incredible, and he made it look easy. And obviously, it was Dubois who had the good screen in front of the net. But mm -hmm. like again, 
the Jets, this was not an A game. Like I would say this was probably their B game tonight. The third was good. We talked about that. The third was clearly the Jets' best period. But, you know, sometimes that's all you need. And and Josh Morrissey right now, like he has that shot first mentality, right? And the mm-hmm. thing with that type of goal is like that wasn't even close to Josh Morrissey's best shot, right? No. Like that was just putting the puck in it. Like that was all location, right? He knew he had traffic in front of the net. You go Pekka Lukonen. I don't, it, it, it appeared that he didn't even really see it. Or if he didn't see it, he didn't see much of it because of the way he reacted. So again, like, you know, just that line, you know, performing well, because you think about it, right? Like the Shifley Wheeler Perfetti line guys, like they mm-hmm. didn't have it tonight. Like th- this was not a, a great game for them. I don't, I'm not saying that they were awful out there, but really much of the offense was coming from Dubois, Connor and Ehlers in the back end. Well, we were talking about, I don't know if you heard yeah. us when, uh, when you he were restarting your computer. No, I was actually uh, swearing at my computer, Drew. I didn't okay. hear anything. We were saying Perfetti, the reason Perfetti looked, uh, you know, didn't play a lot, only played nine minutes, and the reason why he didn't look great out there, Rick Bonus said that Perfetti is another one of those uh, Jets players who's dealing with the flu, who's under the weather. Okay, so that, that explains a lot. We'll give, of, we'll give uh, Cole the benefit of the doubt, because as you mentioned, Drew, I'm with you. I mean, this is going on at least a couple weeks, right? Like, it, it almost feels like they were dealing with this a little bit, you know, right after the holiday break, so... We'll give we'll give Cole Perfetti a little bit of a break, and and again, we don't know how many other guys are dealing with an illness because, as we know, some some of these guys, if 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 basically they're not dead, they'll go out on the ice and and play, right? So obviously, you know, Billy Hanola, you know, he was unable to play, but I wouldn't be surprised if half the team or something like that has the illness right now. Well, we know obviously that Perfetti does, that Hanola does, that uh, Morgan Barron does, because that's why Barron was a scratch tonight. So not an optimal time for the Jets to be going back to back tomorrow against the Pittsburgh Penguins. So they'll have, and it's and it's a very busy stretch. Uh, from now, you know, they come back. You know, remember they got five and seven nights basically. Uh, you know, well the Jets are uh, essentially in the Eastern Conference, Drew. They aside from Arizona, it's all teams in the Eastern Conference that they're playing. Toronto, well, they, Ottawa, Montreal next week, and then this week Detroit, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and then they had yeah. Tampa Bay earlier. That's right. It's been a heavy, heavy East stretch. I still don't know why they come home for one game and then go back out East again. It literally make makes no sense. sense. Yeah, but uh, anyways, that's uh, neither here nor there. But uh, not the not an optimal time for the Jets on the schedule to be dealing with an illness. Very few days off, of course, but that's the truth for you know most any team. The Jets have to get to that sort of. I think it's the first two weeks of February where they're the schedule, you know, they have the bye week and then the all-star mm-hmm. and the schedule really loosens up for that two week period, the first couple of weeks of February. That's when I get away from you guys as well. So I'm looking forward to that uh, as we go on here. Wherever you go, Drew, we're, we're going to follow you. I don't doubt that for a second. I might be in Vegas. I'll see you bozos later. Oh boy. Dave, I'm going to tear it up at, at Vegas. Is, is Hakkasan still around? What club are you going to hit there, uh, Mr. Dave? Well, you know, we'll see. <laughs> no, you don't it won't know. be the Adele. Talking, Dave. People miss you in it, Vegas. I'll tell you this: it will not be the Adele concert. What's wrong with Adele? Have you seen how much with Dave? I actually, I actually enjoy Adele. Twenty five hundred well, bucks a ticket, I think. No. Well. yeah, it's like. Are you kidding? It's like fifteen hundred dollars a ticket. Yeah, it's like fifteen hundred dollars yeah. a ticket. Okay, it's no, just as an aside, I don't know. Did anybody go to the Burton Cummings uh, Theater for New Year's Eve? Did you see how much those tickets were? I don't even know what was going what on. Was there. Burton, Cummings? Burton Cummings performed at the Burton Cummings oh. Theater. Oh, oh, tickets no, for three hundred and thirty dollars. Um, did you go? No. Um, he's as he, he's at least a Winnipeg. I was legend. on my way would... back from Mexico and then did the New Year's Eve post game show. Drew, right? I, yeah, I, I actually phys- it was physically impossible for me to be at that concert. Well, I'm going to Vegas uh, at the end of March. Whoa, and, that was and, well. Thank you, and that's and 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 Taylor Swift is playing Allegiant Stadium. Whoa, Taylor uh, Swift. 
yeah, you know, is that where the Raiders play, Drew? That's where the Raiders play. Me and Tay Tay are very tight, uh, and I think the tickets. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What's what is is that? What they call her? I have no idea. I mean, I just made it up as a nickname. I'm sure that somebody calls her Tay Tay, but certainly isn't me. But Drew, uh, when he's singing her music, go on. Yeah. Okay, Dre, Dre, continue. Most of her, most of her breakup songs are about my relationship with her. Drew, you truly are my antihero. So go on. I was going to say tickets for her on the secondary market uh, are again three grand, four grand. Yeah, I it's mean, insane. I someone insane. one of my buddies one of my buddies jokingly said it was like they were tickets for like nine grand. I was like, that's. Yeah. Do you enjoy yeah. Taylor Swift, Drew? Like, like if she comes on, will way. you will you bop your head to some of her music? If tickets if tickets were more affordable, I would go because one, you everyone knows her music and knows her songs because you can't avoid them. And two, I'm sure any sort of stadium show is worth it just for going for the spectacle. I agree with that, yeah. So I would go to see her, but I'm not about to be paying, you know, thousands upon thousands of dollars uh, to see her. I'm not... Drew's uh, la- for, by the way, little known fact, Drew's last stadium show was you two with yours truly. Uh, Who would pay $1,000 or thousands of dollars to see anybody? I wouldn't even pay that much to see, like, a band that I've always wanted to see. Yeah, I know, like, that's just That's just absurd. That's not true, Dave. That is uh, not true. So it wasn't mine for the record. My last one was Guns N' Roses, but I just wasn't sure if yours was when we went. I think I was supposed to go to that concert and you took my ticket with Richie, didn't you? I was sick. I was supposed to go to Gunners. No, no. And and, and Axl Rose was busy complaining that it was too cold in Winnipeg. I went to to Beyonce and and Jay-Z with my wife at at the new stadium. All right. There, there you go. go. I couldn't remember if that was a true statement or not, but probably my last uh, stadium show at the old stadium would have been you two with you. We were behind the stage. Okay, Bootylicious, let's get back to the hockey <laughs> here. <laughs> so it's 2-1 for the Jets after uh, 40 minutes. Uh, Buffalo ties it up early in the third period at the 2 minute and 50 second mark. Tyson Jost, his fourth of the year, assist of Victor Olofsson and Rasmus Dahlin. This seems like a, a nothing play until Shifley's dump-in ricochets off the linesman and goes back up the ice towards the jet zone. And then it's a bit of a scramble play and the jets are unable to scramble properly. It seemed like it was a dead play. Nothing was going to happen. A bad bounce that happens. And the Buffalo Sabres are rewarded uh, by tying the game up early in the third, early in the third period as he. Yeah. Tyson Jones, you know, obviously, you know, fell out of favor there in in Colorado, but you know, he's found a nice home in Buffalo. Like Jost is is having a, a pretty good resurgence if you want to call it that, but yeah, it starts off obviously with, you know, the puck hitting the, the linesman there, but you know, just good work by the Sabres. And, you know, again, a nice little spinorama pass to Tyson Jost and, uh, you know, just a nice goal. But again, like in this game, you know, at that point in the game, it was early in the third period, the Sabres were pushing. And, you know, you knew that they were going to try to equalize. They had lost two games in a row. You mentioned earlier, they're chasing, uh, I believe it's the Penguins, if I'm not mistaken, who have the second wild card spot, or they're one of the teams that, that are uh, ahead of them. I think they're six points out of a wild card spot right now. So, yeah, just a nice little individual play. And Tyson Joe's finished it off. And, you know, at that point, it looked like, you know, the Sabres were going to maybe have a little bit more of the momentum, but it was actually the opposite. That really fired the Jets up, I thought. Um, but yeah, on that goal, I mean, I think it was just, again, a little bit of a loose coverage. Um, I think Shifley, from what I from what I remember, he was a little bit in, caught in no man's land. It was just the Jets were backing up a little bit too much and you know, nobody picked up Tyson Jost. I think it's as, as easy as that. Yeah, it's, it's simple as that. Sorry. Yeah, sometimes it, it, it isn't especially complicated. The Jets were just sort of caught scrambling around there where they thought that. Olafson, sorry, Drew. It was Olafson that passed it to uh, Jost, right? 
Uh, Victor Olofsson? Yeah, Olofsson had the primary yeah. assist and Dalin yeah. had the That was a nice, nice little pass to, to Tyson Jost, but nobody picked Jost up. There's a lot of talent on that Buffalo team. There's a lot mm-hmm. of talent up front there. There's a lot of talent on the back end. And then, you know, if, if the next decade of your team is anchored by Dalin and, and Owen Power, you're going to have a pretty good back end there, uh, which, of course, the Sabres, you know, this is what you get for being such a bad team for so very long, uh, over and over and over again. It seems like the rebuild is finally in the right uh, trajectory. Yeah. Uh, you know, it should have been in this trajectory when they were able to get Jack Eichel, but uh, water under the bridge Alex there. Tuck too, Drew. Alex oh, Tuck Alex is Tuck a player is I've always liked going back to his Minnesota days. Mm-hmm. So it's like they, they're they not just – like that's the thing, right? Like when they had Jack Eichel, you were top heavy, but you actually turned that into a nice return. You've got the the higher draft picks, right? Owen Power, first overall, Rasmus Dahlin, first overall. Like once they Peyton surround Krebs. these guys – Yeah, Peyton Krebs was another guy we haven't really talked about. Like mm-hmm. if there's one team – and you guys know I'm a Devils fan. If there's one team – I'm not a fan of the Sabres. I'm a fan of them, I guess, this year in the sense that they're an underdog. But wouldn't it be fun to see the Sabres, you know, in the first round against Buffalo? Like that would be old school. I'd love uh, to see the Sabres. Sabres Wales, Wales, Wales division, right? Wales, I think, or the Wales Conference. What was the division? Adams? He doesn't, he doesn't even know what he just said, Dave. No. Adams division. <laughs> Yeah. Not to say Sabres versus uh, Devils, but Dave, somehow on, wasn't it Adams division with the? Yeah, I know, but you said Sabres. as you said as you said Sabres versus Buffalo. Yeah, I'm getting excited here. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> that's part of the problem with the computer is when you get excited. We talked about that already. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I should just step away from the computer when I get too excited and just there go for go. like I think there's like this thing called a walk that people do. Maybe I should just start doing that. You could use a you could use a walk. You know, it wouldn't hurt you every now and then. A nice uh, a nice evening constitutional. I think that would be good for everybody involved. Uh, the Jets retake the lead after some chaos, some back and forth, where Buffalo looked like they were on the verge uh, of, of taking the lead for the first time in this game. Instead, it's Nikolai Ehlers sending Kyle Connor in on a breakaway from basically before the red line. Connor had so much time on that breakaway, and I mean, I don't know. You folks know I'm a betting man, but I don't know anybody who was going to bet against Kyle Connor on a breakaway with that much time. And he made no mistake, absolutely deking uh, the Jets into a 3-2 lead at the 7-19 mark of the third period, Dave. Well, first of all, you got to give credit to Dylan Sandberg and Josh Morrissey because, I mean, there was a lot of good work by, you know, at the Jets net because Josh Morrissey makes the play where his stick basically is down and prevents that the Sabres from sliding the puck into the Jets net. And then Sandberg also made a nice play so there are a couple of nice instances of, of the defense bailing the Jets out a little bit. And then, of course, the puck gets turned over, turned around, sorry, and they get going towards the Sabres. And look, nobody is betting against Kyle Connor when he has that kind of time and space and is feeling good about himself. That's eight games now with points. I think it's uh, six goals, seven assists, or seven goals, six assists during those eight games. So he's on fire continuing to do what he does, uh, you know, night in, night out. I forgot to mention that Nikolai Ehlers had hit his 200th assist the last game. So now he's at 202 in terms of assists. Kyle Connor, 199 goals. He's one away from 200, and he's, I think, four or five assists away from uh, 200 as well. So It's, it's I mean, going to be Mr. Even Steven, right, David? He's going to be 200. He's going to be part of the 400 club. He's going to be 200, 200, 400. Yeah, you're right, as your math is checking out as far as I can tell. And and look, it, it's just a huge momentum turn because you're right, Drew. It opened up like high danger chances at five on five. I believe in that uh, third period were seven, four in favor of Winnipeg. But, you know, the, the Sabres did have some very good chances. Connor Hellebuck had to be good. His defense stepped up. I thought they were that they were better overall. Obviously they gave up some chances, but it, it was, there was a lot more flow to that period. There were a lot more 
openness and, and a lot more opportunities, Winnipeg seemed to kind of take advantage of the opportunities they were given. And that was a big one and created by Nikolai Ehlers' vision, which again, you know, it's funny how we talked about Nikolai Ehlers and how quickly he's returned to form because you can see Blake Wheeler still and quietly. Not. Like it's it's not it's not like the the Nikolai Ehlers like goals off of transition or right. him ripping a shot top corner like right. that type of stuff. It's those little subtle passes. And the thing with that is you say, okay, well Kyle Connor was as Drew mentioned, he was all alone at center <laughs> ice, right? But yeah. Ehlers puts it in the perfect spot. Like he makes these little passes look easy, but trust me, they're not easy. And you know, Yukopeka Lakonan's jockstrap was on the ice after that move. I mean, that was. That was just ridiculous. Like, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk. Um, the 14-year-old uh, girl from Slovakia pulled off the Michigan at the women's U18s. But, yes. I mean, that was Kyle Connors, the original Michigan, University of Michigan, right? <laughs> that was an impressive goal, though, in the, in the, in the U18 uh, Women's World Championships. I mean, for to be 14 and being able to do that. That's incredible. That is incredible. Is yeah. absolutely and if, right. and if anybody doesn't like that, you have to just accept the fact. And I, I know there weren't a lot of people. I, I, like, I feel like... Uh, you know, John Tortorella, you know, he's taking the iPads off of the bench. Maybe that's something we'll talk about on the Saturday morning show. I don't, don't know if you guys saw that. Like, is he out of his mind? Like, he's, yeah. he thinks taking iPads off of the bench is going to have an impact on his team's ability to win or lose. Like, newsflash torts, the Flyers suck. <laughs> <laughs> As he thrown down, uh, hopefully, is somebody going to tell me, like, even like Brandon Ruwicki, of course, from the big, uh, pardon me, the, uh, yeah, the big show. It was the big the show. Play, right? yeah. Yeah, it was called the big show. I think yeah, the big the show. Skate, the skates and plates podcast. Skates and plates podcast. He yeah. was on uh, with Huss and Remus on the Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, happy birthday to to Michael Remus, by the way. He's twenty two years old today. Um, yeah, I mean Brandon, even who is a huge Flyers fan, I think would tell you that you know his team sucks. I mean, look at they don't have Ryan Ellis. They haven't had him all year. I think if they had Ellis, but that defense is is pretty putrid, and they don't have a lot of depth. So I, I think most people would agree, even the Flyers fans, that the Flyers aren't very good. You know, and we're clearly going on a bit of a tangent now, and this will be something we'll probably discuss more on Saturday. But a lot of links as of late between Ivan Provorov, the Flyers, who's a little bit disgruntled, their, their defenseman, and some talk that maybe the Jets might be a destination for him. Our boy um, Anthony Sanfilippo. Yes, exactly. Our boy Anthony Sanfilippo, and Anthony is one of our, our favorites and a good friend of ours, uh, talked about previously that the Jets offered line A for Ivan Provorov. One for one. One for one. Really? Uh, yeah, years ago, he. I remember. I mean, I remember talking to Anthony about that. Uh, obviously, before the trade to uh, Columbus went down, but the Jets organization is, has been high on Provorov for a long while. He, of course, played his junior hockey in in Brandon uh, for yeah. the Wheat Kings. So there's some ties and some familiarity to Manitoba. And right now, his value is not at a high point. He's a little bit disgruntled. The organization's a little bit disgruntled with him. If you read Elliot Friedman's 32 Thoughts column. Uh, this week he touched on it so you wonder if there's some smoke if there's some fire there where the Jets might be interested in acquiring a guy like Provorov uh, but obviously uh, you know that's just some some food for thought yeah, I, you know and and I just wanted to say quickly Drew that's you know uh, something that you know I'm sure we're going to discuss on Saturday morning show yeah but the only thing with that is like I don't know you guys might disagree and you know people watching in the chat might disagree or listening on the podcast but like to me, the Jets need a, a shutdown defenseman more so mm -hmm. than an offensive defenseman. Like we just touched on it, right? The Jets have 25 goals from their back end halfway through the season when when that already smashes last year's amount, right? Like to me, that's what the Jets are are lacking. I'm not saying that they don't have guys that can play that shutdown role. 
I'm just saying, like, I don't think Provorov is more of an offensive-minded defenseman. I think you would agree. I, he can play defense. I mean, well, that's you know, the position. It, I'm just saying, I don't, I don't like to me. Like again, I, I don't think this is going to happen. But like uh, Matthias Ekholm or somebody like that, or a Mackenzie Weger, who's obviously not going to be traded by Calgary, but that that, that idea, yeah. that idea, like more of a you know a bigger kind of physical defensive defenseman. Who's maybe yeah, got you, a little bit of offensive upside? Your, but. If you have the puck on your stick and you can get it out of your zone, that's a pretty good. Uh, oh, no, I know. I'm, I know. I, I agree with you. Pro, I like Provorov. I'm not saying I'm not a fan of Provorov. I'm just saying for the Jets, I don't know if that moves the needle a lot. If to acquire Provorov, I guess I, I feel like there's other defensemen out there that would move the needle and make the Jets better as a, a defensive unit. That, but again, just my opinion. But you know, it, Provorov is probably a guy that you know Chevy has on his radar for sure. Well, anyways, it's, of course, going to be something worth uh, keeping an eye on the trade deadline coming up in about six, seven weeks' time. Uh, so, obviously, there's going to be plenty of chatter about trades uh, as we get closer and closer to that date in March. It's a Friday this year, if I'm not mistaken, the trade deadline is, which is sort of a bizarre day. I think it's Friday, March, I think it's Friday March the 4th, if I'm not wrong. Uh, which yeah, is, see, again, March 3rd. March 3rd. Is it March 3rd day? Yeah, Friday, yeah. March 3rd. That's March right. 3rd. Okay. Yeah, which is again why you know why to do it on a Friday? It's a you know the Jets have a game that night in Edmonton. I checked out earlier. It's just an odd time for the trade deadline to be on a. It's on like a random it's like Friday. how about you schedule it on any day but Friday? You know what like, I mean? Like, it's just like it's just odd that it happens like on a, like on a on a day where there's probably a, a decent number of games and it's like the end of a week. Usually something like that falls on a Monday or a Tuesday. But yeah. anyways, it's just another one of those uh, interesting quirks that the NHL loves to throw throw around. Uh, before we get to the Carson Kuhlman empty netter, not that that one's going to take a lot of analysis. Uh, you know, the the penalty trouble in the in the third period was certainly an interesting uh, situation. Both teams taking uh, multiple penalties uh, in that very short window of time. First, it was Josh Morrissey taking a slashing penalty, and then it was Alex Tuck taking a hooking penalty, and then it was Blake Wheeler taking a tripping penalty, which resulted in the Sabres having that rare non-overtime four-on-three power play situation, which the Jets really, I mean, that's the story of the game, the the, the job the Jets did on the penalty kill, because four-on-three, there is so much time and so much space out there at four-on-three. I thought the Jets played that uh, to perfection. I thought maybe Buffalo also overhandled the puck a little bit uh, yes. when, they, when they had that, but uh, the Jets don't need to apologize for the other team's errors. No, and and you're right. I mean, and Wheeler, we talked about, he took a penalty earlier in the game, and, mm -hmm. and that's been an issue for him this year, right? Like, I saw some people having a back-and-forth discussion about it. It's because of the types of penalties he's taken, right? Like, it's almost like you could kind of simplify it to, you know, when he's a little bit flat-footed or a little bit out of position, mm -hmm. chasing, right? So, I mean, look at the the penalty kill ended up coming through Hellebuck, made, you know, was doing Hellebuck type of stuff. And he was making big saves and he was flopping around and, you know, he was frustrating the Sabres. And there's no doubt that the Sabres could have easily had three or four goals in this game. But the penalty kill comes through. And as you mentioned, Carson Kuhlman gets his first goal as a Jet. Pretty awesome. The, the guys were having some fun with him. And, uh, yeah, like you have to, again, you have to move on quickly to Pittsburgh here. And you're going to play a, a motivated Penguins team who's looking to remain in a, in a playoff spot, right? So... Um, I, I think you have to kind of just say sometimes, boys, right? Like, this wasn't pretty, but the Jets got it done. And, you know, they've won six of their last seven games. So you kind of have to keep that in mind that, you know, where the Jets are in the standings. I don't know if Dallas is uh, 
Dallas lost Dallas 2-1 in overtime. There you go. The out-of-town scoreboard just gave a point. I mean, that's huge, right? You gain a point. At, at this point in the season, sometimes you have to just say, okay, you know, it wasn't be- beautiful, but we'll take the uh, the point that we gained on Dallas. Yeah, certainly, and that's exactly what the Jets did. They did gain that one point on the Dallas Stars. 4-2 is the final. Carson Kuhlman into an empty net assist to Kyle Connor and Brendan Dillon. thought the Jets did a very good job when the Sabres pulled the goalie with about two minutes to go, Dave, uh, in keeping everything to the outside. There were a couple of icing uh, pen, uh, icing infractions by the Jets, but they won the faceoffs, or they at least scrambled the faceoffs. Connor Hellebuck made a couple of saves that he needed to make, but the Jets really did a good job in sort of uh, in preventing Buffalo from getting any grade A opportunities when they had the extra man and then Carson Kuhlman is able to hit the empty net and I'm sure that feels good for him getting his first as a member of the Winnipeg Jets he had a lot of chances in this game actually he had a number of of good chances to score and you know I mean look if he gets if this can get him going that's probably a good thing for a Jets club that they were able to punt the decision of the roster down the road a little bit with uh, being able to put David Gustafson on IR but Mm -hmm. you know that's that we don't know how long it doesn't sound like a very serious upper body injury so it's only going to give them about a week in terms of you know some time when, before they'll have to make a decision as to the roster. So what they're going to do uh, in terms of who they put on, you know, if they well who they're going to send down and that sort of thing. Hainola being the easy one, Rick Bonus has not taken the bait on that uh, every time he's he's been offered that that or asked that question or offered that as a as an idea, and he hasn't. He said, "Well, we'll see what happens." And when Rick Bonus says, "We'll see," it means he knows what he's going to do, but he's not going to tell you what he's going to do. But regardless, it wasn't a pretty win for a Jets club. But ultimately, and again, like I said, like it's twofold. One is the the idea, like, I mean, again, just putting this into historical context, mm-hmm. 27th win coming in game 42 of the season. Last year it was game, what did I say in my tweet? I think game 60 or something of that nature. So I, just for the I mean, record, are you going to do that every game, every win from here no, on? But I, I mean, need to know. I need to know if I need to prepare myself for this. No, it's no. But like I mean, in 2014, the Jets <laughs> had this record at this point, but in 2017, they had this record. At this no, point. but I just think it's, I think it's interesting to look at the context of where they are this year versus where they are last year. And the reality is night and day, Dave. Yeah, no, I know. But I just think like, I mean, it's, it, we're talking months, right? Like they're, they're gaining wins months ahead, ahead of when they did it. The point is that even though the team isn't playing optimally and they're relying heavily on Connor Hellebuck to win them these games, I mean, 39 saves on 41 shots for Connor Hellebuck, huge bounce back game for him. And you knew that that's what he was going to do based on his, what he does historically after kind of a poor performance based on his, on his kind of what you expect out of him. So you can continue to rely on Connor Hellebuck. And we've talked about that throughout the course of him being the starter here in Winnipeg, that you don't, apologize for having the best goaltender in the NHL, but ultimately you still have to figure out these, these problems that you're having in terms of some of the penalties right now you're taking some of the chances that you're giving up the slow starts right now. So the jets have, they're getting points, they're banking points. That's huge. And the teams around them are losing. So that's also significant for the jets, but ultimately, you know, you you can't necessarily win a series based on this. So that's one of those things that the jets are going to have to clean up. And you know what, Drew, you mentioned it. They're going to have a little more time. So because they're going to have a little more time, they'll be able to get some practice and they'll be able to start working on these things. And remember, you can see it, right? Cole Perfetti is dealing with the illness. Blake Wheeler's still not 100%, and he missed a lot of time. So anyways, there, there, there's some things to like from this Jets club. The penalty kill was excellent. Connor Hallibuck was excellent. I thought the Dubois line was creating. 
The Lowry line was 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 pretty good. And remember, it's missing Morgan Barron. I didn't like the Shifley line so much. And the fourth line was somewhat invisible. But again, it, it you pick up the win. You hope you get a win in Pittsburgh tomorrow. And then you're able to come home. Most likely you don't practice on Saturday. And then you have the Coyotes on Sunday. The boys need to just pound some cold effects. <laughs> just take a just take a well, I think the best glass full of cold effects. You should be I think good. the best comment from the chat, I don't know who said it, but it was a good one. Was do the Jets not eat any vegetables because they seem to be getting all these illnesses? So maybe they need a, a box of oranges to, to prevent. Uh, isn't that scurvy. how you get scurvy? Yeah, I was gonna say scurvy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you need citrus to prevent scurvy. So, yes, uh, you should try to eat some more, some get some citrus in, in your body that way you won't get scurvy. As there's today's my kids, life, I actually, I'm we're good with our kids. Our kids always have to have vegetables or fruit with every meal, breakfast, right? I and mean, that doesn't apply to the parents. Well, no, I mean, I do as well. I mean, Naomi, like sometimes <laughs> she has to shovel salad into my mouth, but I mean, uh, yeah, no, yeah, I actually had Santa Lucia for lunch today at, uh, we were uh, prepping for buddy check for Jesse mental health initiative. And we had a uh, little Santa Lucia pizza. It was good. And I actually did have some salad. Okay. Well, there you go. I mean, everything you needed to know and I mean, you, everything you needed to know. And yeah. then some, like, I had to put a lot of dressing part. on it, but it was still okay. <laughs> As long as it doesn't taste anything like a vegetable, you're fine with it, right? Is that what you're saying? Maybe slather yeah. some cheese on that and, yeah. you're, and you're okay with it all? Yeah. There you go, Izzy. That's the way we love it. Jets win 4-2 in Buffalo, improved to 27-14-1 on the season, 11-8-1 away from the friendly confines of downtown Winnipeg. When we come back, the Tough Duck hardest-hitting comment, unique code word, illegal curve merchandise. Don't go anywhere. It's contest time and some post-game reaction from the Jets dressing room. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsburg with you. It's a Thursday night. We're live on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms. Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. 
Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about five bucks? Come on, five dollars? No way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code, Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. (laughs) There's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second, wait a second. All, All the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40, you're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Welcome back. Thursday night, it's the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsberg with you. Busy time upcoming for us, of course. We're on tonight's Illegal Curve Post Game Show. Same time tomorrow night, 8.45 after the Jets and the Penguins. Saturday morning, 9 a.m., the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. And then Sunday evening, 8.45 p.m. after the Jets and the Arizona Coyotes in that one-off game back at home before the Jets head out on the road back to Eastern Canada on a five-game trip that also takes them through Nashville and Philadelphia. So a very busy time period upcoming. Make sure you're following our YouTube channel. Subscribe to it. Set reminders for everything. And of course, also subscribe to the podcast. And we always want to hear your feedback. Leave us your comments on our Apple iTunes page about this fine podcast on this Thursday evening. Here's can, I, wh- can I jump in here with just one thing? Because I know we want to get to the... Uh hardest hitting comment and we want to get to our contest, but I just wanted to get something in here because I wanted to bring it up earlier, but somebody had mentioned, uh, you know, the possibility of Connor Hellebuck playing again tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, You know, look, I I think there's always the chance that he plays tomorrow night, but I I would not bet on that just based on the fact that, you know, what's coming up and, you know, what the Jets have done previously. Like I know that the Jets have played Hellebuck in back-to-back situations before, but uh, that was my own. I, I I could see you're agreeing with me, but yeah, yeah I just I, I don't. I told Dave I just don't see that. I don't get the I don't get the vibe that they're going to play Hellebuck back to back here. He faced 41 shots tonight. Exactly. Yeah. He made 39 saves. Many yeah. of them were of a very impressive variety. 
the team has got a very good record. It's not like they're scratching and clawing and desperate for points in a playoff race. Uh, unless David Riddick is under the weather, you know, unless he, and I, I don't know that he is, I have no reason to believe that he is, uh, then there's, there's no chance that they're going to go with Hellbuck tomorrow night. It just that wouldn't make, it wouldn't make any sense whatsoever. I mean, you played Riddick, uh, who, who, when did he play? He played against, was it Vancouver? Yes. Uh, last week you played yeah. against Vancouver. So he's played relatively recently, you know, five days ago. Uh, obviously he didn't play that well against Vancouver, but his third period was better than the first two. He also had a big gap though, right? He That's had a big, right. like, there was like a 16 day gap or something like that between the games. So this is, it's probably not so bad to get him some back into action and, you know, and, and hope that he can have a, a strong effort for you in that. But yeah, I agree. Yeah. You're not, you're not, you're not playing Connor Hellebuck tomorrow night. It makes no, no sense. You, it would you make gotta, no sense. I mean, you got, you remember I understand he wants to play every game, but and remember the Jets did this last year. We talked about that, and of course, the different coaching staff, Wade Flaherty, the only holdover, and he and Connor Hellebuck are the ones who really make the Jets' schedule. And Rick Bonus has been on record saying that, so mm-hmm. that is something to factor in. But if you remember when it was uh, um, uh, Eric Comrie was in uh, maybe COVID protocol, and they had Birdman up as the backup, and they chose after that back to back. When the Jets flew in, it was an afternoon game in Pittsburgh, and they still ran with Connor Hellebuck in net. So, um, yeah. you know, they, they've done it before, but I don't think they're going to do it after after the last two games. So they'll give him the, the rest. They'll get him back in net for the game against Arizona and then when they head out east. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, there'd be I'd be absolutely stunned, and I would and as Frosty very- win as Frosty Winnipeg just put it, Dave only Dave Riddich only played one period <laughs> in that Vancouver game, anyways. That's so. very clever, Frosty. That's very funny. Well, that's that, that, we that's should clever. expect nothing less from Frosty. Here's what Rick Bonus had to say about tonight's game. This courtesy of our buddy Mike McIntyre, who's on the road with the Jets. Quote, we played a whole lot better in Detroit and lost 7-5 than we did tonight. That's the most chances we've given up in a long time. Connor Hellbuck was outstanding. He was the difference maker. So Rick Bonus, uh, you know, talking about what we all saw with regard to Connor Hellbuck. Yeah. I, you know, and far be it from me to criticize the Jets head coach because he knows more than I do. But I didn't think that the Jets played uh, worse than they played against Detroit. I mean, uh, you know, he said that we played a whole lot better in Detroit. I didn't I, I didn't fully see that. But, uh, you know, obviously he sees the game through a different lens than I do. Uh, and, you know, maybe he was just you know pumping up uh, Connor Hellbuck a little bit there. But uh, I did. I thought the Jets game in Detroit was maybe offensively better, but defensively, I, you know, I don't know that it was uh, much better than it was tonight. I think just a couple not great efforts defensively and the Jets need to sort of solve that, uh, that uh, Rubik's cube uh, bef- uh, before it gets too far uh, down the road of becoming a pattern that this is how they play defensively. But uh, in any event, there's the, and luckily they have, you know, a, a few teams that are struggling quite a bit next week, right. And in, in Montreal and Ottawa, obviously Toronto, uh, even though they lost to Nashville, they're a top Eastern Conference team. But I think there's something to be said for you know all of this movement in and out of the lineup. Um, you know that's part of it. And and you know you you mentioned it. I mean, there's no doubt that you know this flu bug or whatever is going around is directly affecting the team. So sometimes you have to just say like, again, you know the Jets they've had some pretty ugly games, but they've still won you know six of their last seven, and they're yeah. you know one point out of first in the Central and not that far off Vegas for the, you know, Western conference lead. Right. So I think the, the jets will be okay. 
before we get to the tough duck hardest hitting comment and the illegal curve unique the unique code word for the illegal curve merchandise contest just a quick comment from from one or both of you guys regarding kevin shovel dayoff's uh, mid-season uh you know press availability whereas per usual he says nothing but he takes a thousand words to say nothing I didn't catch it, Drew, so I, I can't really comment. I haven't had the chance to. Uh, it's the same one no that video. he gave last year, the year before, the year before, the year <laughs> before, funny. the year before, the year before. Yeah. You know what, though? I mean, like, we, it's kind of like, I think it's Mike Weber and Scotty Billick, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Those are the three traveling journalists right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think they were all uh, speaking to Chevy. And, and so, I mean, they all know that, you know, they're not going to get, you know, the, the most, uh, let's say, insightful answers, right? But. Look, at, I, I think everybody knows Chevy's track record, right? Like the Paul Stastny trade, we know how that worked out. You know, he's been good on the waiver wire. But I think, you know, for me, so again, I, I haven't listened to it, but I'm sure, as you mentioned, Drew, it's not going to, you know, be a, a mind-blowing interview. Um, but it's going to be really interesting to see because, you know, in the Eastern Conference, there's a lot of teams that are, you know, poised to go on a nice Stanley Cup run, right? Like whether it's the Carolina Hurricanes, the Boston Bruins, maybe the Tampa Bay Lightning again. But you look at the West, it is wide open. And, you know, Drew mentioned this on the Saturday show. I agree with him. Like how much better are the Golden Knights than the Jets? I mean, right now, I don't think they're that much better. And if, if the Jets are able to acquire, you know, let's say a Sam Reinhardt or whoever, right? Reinhardt is a guy that I saw people talking about. He'd be a good player. Um, you know, I suggested maybe like a Sean Monaghan could be a guy that the Jets go after. But like, regardless, I mean, I think, you know, Chevy is going to make a move. I think I think we would all be shocked if he doesn't make some type of move prior to the trade deadline. It's, it's just gonna hard to know. Is he gonna... It's going to be 17, 18 all over again. I was reading yeah. an article the other day. I, I don't remember what I was reading, actually, but Derek, Derek Brassard was featured heavily. I'll tell you what, it was on Daily Faceoff. They were talking about... Uh, there was an article about teams that can act as third parties to retain salary cap space. Mm-hmm. And he and it referenced because that the first team to do it to sort of make it a three-way deal was Derek Brassard. Remember Derek Brassard, uh, the you know, Vegas got involved to prevent the Jets from getting Derek Brassard. Right. The Jets ended up with Paul Stasny, so it worked out okay for them. But if you remember, Derek Brassard seemed like he was on his way to be to, to Winnipeg, and then Vegas uh, swooped in and, and and prevented that from happening. And so that's where, you know, it's going to be very similar where you're going to see, I think, probably Dallas, Vegas, uh, you know, the Jets, you know, and then who knows about Colorado. I, I, you got to think Colorado is going to, you know, you would, at some point bring, in time, you expect something. them, you expect yeah. them to make their move, but they haven't made it yet. And I know that time's not running out, but you know, you know how difficult it is to gain points in this league and how difficult it is to leapfrog teams in this in Oh, this yeah, there's league. no doubt, Drew, that they're in danger of missing the playoffs. I don't think yeah. that they will, but you look at... And they were down, Izzy, they were, and, and they were down one nothing to Chicago. I think they've tied it Seattle. up. What have they won, seven in oh, a row now? It's yeah. Seattle beat Boston tonight. Yeah. So uh, there's Boston. other teams, right? Like, nobody's... Like, you could say, okay, like, Edmonton is a team that's going to fall off or Calgary or whatever, but the point is, like, the Avalanche right now are... They're more in the wild card discussion as opposed to the central division title discussion, right? Like, I don't think that there's any chance that they're going to finish like top two or three in the in the central. They would have to go on an extended run. I mean, and right now, by to... the way, they, as he's sorry, Farnsy in the in the chat is saying they're losing three two to Chicago. They are three two. Right. Call it's three two Chicago with less than six minutes to play in the, the third. Juggernaut period. Blackhawks. Well, that's the well, type of game, though, Drew. As you said, like everybody's waiting for the shooter drop here. Like, when is Joe Sakic going to make a move? And you know, if they end up losing to Chicago, maybe that's the type of trade 
you know, pardon me, the type of loss that, you know, forces Sackett to make uh, a trade. Like they've been linked to, you know, a few players on on Vancouver, right? Like Brock Besser, Bo Horvat, but apparently Minnesota wants Brock Besser because of course he's from Minnesota. So well, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting trade deadline for sure. Cause there hasn't been a trade in the NHL this year, like a significant yeah. trade. Yeah. A legitimate trade. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, minor league fluff for minor league fluff doesn't count. Uh, you know, because, you know, as everyone they talk about, uh, the no salary cap space, no salary cap space and everything else. I mean, I find that to be, uh, you know, it, 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 you hear it ad nauseum and it's a factor, but it's also an excuse for, I think, a lot of these GMs to to fall back on, uh, and, you know, and, and use as a, as a reason for their inability to get something done when they really don't want to necessarily get anything done, at least until it gets closer to the trade deadline, because it's a lot easier and you keep your job for a lot longer when you talk about how close you be, how, how close you came to doing something as opposed to doing something and then having yeah. it blow up in your face. Look, and that's, I, uh, I, did, I was going to say quickly, I, I mean, I look, I, I don't expect Kevin Shuffleyoff to say anything of substance, really, uh, yeah. regardless of when he's speaking. He spoke to Sarah two days ago, he didn't say anything of note, mm-hmm. and he, he really said nothing of significance to any of the guys today, I mean, or yesterday. It was like 32 minutes of what exactly, I'm not sure. I, I, I wrote in the in the morning papers, he could teach a master class and sing a lot, but not sing a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's unbelievable how uh, out of 32 minutes, there was really nothing substantial Said by him, I mean, he was talked about wanting to sign, you know, Dmitry Rashevsky and Nikita Chibrikov, and and then he mentions the other guys who you know are going to be uh, free agents in a couple of years. But I mean, I don't know. Like the, the guys detailed it, I just didn't think that there was anything super noteworthy from it. No, it was exactly what you, we've come to expect uh, from him. Alrighty, tough duck, hardest hitting comment on this edition of the Illegal Curve post game show, Mister Ginsburg, who is getting a toque courtesy of our good friends at Tough Duck. Yep, we're gonna give it to Doug Thoroski, who is a regular IC post game. And Doug doesn't I, like me, but uh, but I'm willing to. Be, I'm still willing to give him. A I don't. Toque. I don't think that's the case. Why would you say that? Doug, Doug's, Doug's hard on me. Doug's hard on me, but he's a good man. I'm sure no, he's a he, good man deep down. He's hard on me, but I can take it. Okay, well, I don't think that's the case, Drew. Maybe he... he hey, anybody who doesn't like Drew is a friend of mine. I was going to say, I mean, I, I kind of like Doug more. The more you're talking about Doug not liking you, I kind of like him a little bit more, Drew. But before I read his comment, I wanted to... I went back in my Gmail, um, and I wanted to to say this about Doug. I've never met Doug personally. Oh, Drew, hold on. As he drew, hold on. But just to give Doug uh, an opportunity... Wait, Drew, one second. Drew. I'm I doing lo- it. Stop doing it. Well, you're the, you know, get out of here. You're the one who we're making fun of. So hold on a second. Drew does, Doug does like you, Drew. Okay, good. Thank you, Doug. I yeah. appreciate the problem, that. And so, so you just know, who wouldn't cl- like Drew? I mean, well, how just to clarify, like Drew? He's a great guy. Just There's to a clarify, long list of people who don't like yes, him. Yes. Just to clarify, I think the problem with Drew is he thinks a lot of people in the chat don't like him. But Drew does have. But Drew actually to, likes that though. Drew likes when people no, don't Drew like him. No, Drew doesn't. Drew, Drew like, but I will say. I'm a very sensitive soul. Drew does have some people who are big Drew fans. And I'm not just talking about his family. I'm talking about people <laughs> in family his family. doesn't count. I'll say yeah, this much. Say. If anybody has problems with Drew, come come talk to the, the Jewish enforcer here. I'll take I'll take care of them. Um, I've actually never been in a fight in my life. But I'm good friends <laughs> with Drew, and he's a good guy. So just lay off if you have a problem with him. Okay, so I just wanted to mention this. Uh, I'm not talking about Doug, because clearly Doug does like Drew. Doug, this is something really cool, actually, that Doug did last year. He was the only person that did this, but he said, don't, he said he loves tough, the tough duck brand because he said he recently retired and he used to work on uh, the railway. So I'm presumably it was uh, for CN. Maybe Doug can, can let us know, uh, you know, what his profession was, but Doug emailed me and I went back and I'm going to read it here. But Doug said, 
I would like to request sending this toque to an underprivileged person that is my friend. He has been subject to racial prejudice, abuse, and is a nice young man who suffers from a mental disorder. I'm not going to mention his name, but I thought that was extremely, extremely classy and mm-hmm. extremely uh, considerate that Doug, you know, has a friend who, you know, has a mental disorder and he wanted to give him the toque. So, you know, f- uh, you know, Doug, you're a good man. That's all I wanted to say. So send me another email. I think I've got your, I don't have your address because you uh, gave it to that underprivileged uh, friend of yours. So just wanted to mention that, that, you know, Doug is a good guy and I remember that. So way to go. There you go. Good job. Good job, Doug. Winner of tonight's Tough Duck. Hardest hitting comment. And I do love all you people. You guys know that. You people. I mean, you people in the chat, the good folks in the chat is who I'm What do you mean by you people? Those those words get people in trouble there, Drew. So you might want to be careful with you. Are you talking about us River Heights people, Drew? Is that what you're talking about? That's exactly what I'm talking about. All you people who live in the Heights. uh, Rob Mahoney Mahoney says, if he wins a jersey, I'm keeping and I'm not a good guy. I like that, Rob. (laughs) That's very reasonable. I can tell you, Rob, you didn't win tonight, but don't worry. We'll hopefully get you something. There you One go. One of these days. Unique code word for the illegal curve contest. In case you don't know what I'm talking about, maybe you're new here. Let me explain it to you. In the drop down arrow of the show description, hit that drop down arrow. You'll see the link to the contest page. There's a whole list of things you can do to earn entries to get extra entries and extra ballots for the illegal curve merchandise contest. We give away merchandise belonging to the Winnipeg Jets after each and every post-game show. And at the end of the month, we also give you the opportunity to win tickets to an upcoming NHL game of your choosing. One of those things to do is enter in the unique code word that you can only find here on the Illegal Curve post-game show. If you can't find the link to the contest, it's also on our web page on illegalcurve.com. Click on basically any article. You'll find a link to the contest. Now, Dave M., I know why this is the word for the illegal curve contest, and I'm pretty sure nobody would have guessed it because you're you're muted, Dave, so we can't hear what you're saying. Hey, I was gonna say that I know I haven't without even looking. Yeah, there's. I mean, now now I shouldn't say that 100 percent because if you pay attention, we've dropped this reference before. Ezzy and I have definitely talked about when we were at the 2016 draft. And there's a rumors restaurant and comedy club uh, reference uh, connection too. There is a rumors connection here as well. Absolutely. So there is there you, if you pay attention to the clues, you could have potentially guessed this, but then, you know, you might've known the, what we might've picked, but you might not have known necessarily who. Should we do like an IC trivia night? (laughs) No. But it's a nice that's, idea. That's almost like the Ezzies. I, I, we, we could consider something like that. But anyways, the, so Ezzie and I were in Buffalo for the 2016 draft, had a nice little drive, saw the no Blue Jays deal. in Toronto, and then drove across the border. The best was, so Ezzie and I are getting to the border, and crossing the border with Ezzie is always a bit of an adventure. I'm a little concerned, of course. So as we're approaching it, for the record, it was the longest line getting into Buffalo. I was so aggravated. The funniest part is, so we get to the uh, – to the border, and we're speaking to the border security agent. Didn't the guy want and to talk about like Zach Bogosian or something? All I want to talk about was that the Zach Bogosian trade, and all I want to do is talk about the Winnipeg Jets and the Buffalo Sabres in the trade. Didn't ask us anything. We just told him we were going down for the draft, and sure enough, all he th- did was talk to us. And the best part was, I had been sitting there complaining about all the dummies who were taking so long for this line to go, and then we're sitting there yapping with the security guy or the uh, border agent. For well, the best was Dave was so worried. They're like, oh, I got Ginsburg in the car. They're going to bring oh. up his – they're going to pull up his, his shady past. Well, well, I'm kidding. The, but then, there was then the, Dave got an illegalcurve.com reference in there. And, and yeah, as soon as I did that, so he was loving it. There was the time that Ezzy 
uh, myself and Rabbi Libel all tried yeah. to cross the border together on the way down to a football all with game beards, in Minneapolis. Yeah. All with big beards. Uh, let me tell you, we got uh, uh, we. They, they took a little <laughs> while at the border before they were willing to clear us to get through there. In Anyways, any event, there were some Dave, touchy moments. We almost had to call the Canadian embassy. Yeah. So as he, as he and I were good, we, we we chatted with him, and and it was just funny because I was complaining about all the people taking forever, and then there I am yapping with the guy. We're like, well, yeah, Bagushin. Anyways. But why chat. is the code word? Well, I'm, I'm why is the into, unique code word that. super troopers? I'm getting into that. Just wait a second. So as you and I were having, don't you want to hear yeah, all about? Yeah. Don't you want to hear all about our time in Buffalo? We need, I also we need want to get into that. The onion, uh, about the onion that you tied to your belt that was the style of the day. <laughs> but you know, it's already been an hour and eleven minutes. We got to get yeah. on with this thing. Come on, meow. All right, fine, fine, fine. Anywho, as you and I were, uh, well, as you can tell a story, you tell it. Do you think I should tell that story, meow? Yes, meow. Right now, I can tell that meow. Meow. Okay, right, let's meow. go, meow. Okay. Um, well, basically, uh, what's the what's the arena called, or what was it called back then? Key Bank. Key Bank Arena. Key Bank Key Arena. Bank. Yeah. There you go. I don't. It I might mean, have been first Niagara when we were there, actually, but I think it's. Yeah, Key I Bank think you're now. right, actually. So yeah. you know, we're parking, we're walking up to the the arena. It's a really nice arena. The, Sabers in general. I saw Scotty Billick was talking with Buffalo. Like, first of all, I just wanted to say that the Sabers uh, have great fans, and let, let's be honest, they've gone through some pretty crappy years. Anyway, so we're walking up, and there's I guess there was like a little theater, comedy club. I'm not sure if it was a comedy club or just a comedy theater. Club. But comedy it said, uh, tonight, Jay Shandrashakar. And if anybody knows, and he's played Rumors. Uh, I'm not sure how many times he's played Rumors, but no. he's played Rumors. Uh, I don't think I don't think Jay has, but Steve, uh, Steve Lemmy and Kevin Heffernan, who I might be mispronouncing his last name, who are they're all part of the same comedy troupe. He was Farva. They, the Lizard. That, Visual Lizard. Yes. Yeah. And they are the ones no, who Broken Lizard. Broken, broken Lizard. Broken Visual Lizard, Lizard is, uh, make, is an internet, uh, a website company in Winnipeg here. Sorry, I, I did some part-time work after uh, Red River. Vi not Visual Liver. Long story short, it's Jay Chandra Shakar from Super Troopers was playing yes. right near the arena. Yeah. And then later on, when we had a little bit of a break... Um, you know, between, you know, our duties with TSN 1290 back then, we went to a pizza place. And then pizza. I looked over and I was like, is that Jay Chandrashikar? And then sure. Dave, the one, I, I think as he just stole my thunder, I'm pretty sure I'm the one who said is that Jay. You but... said that, sorry. And then we kind of, you know, look, looked, he was across the street from this pizza place. And then, so we saw him and he and it was, was really amazing. Weird because he actually came so over that's, and he that's said, why Dave picked Super Troopers. And as he, it was really weird because he came over and he goes, are you and Dave and Ezzy from Illegal Curve Hockey? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I love you guys. So that's... You guys got rid of Medell yet? And we're like, no, not yet. So that very long explanation there you is go. why is the connection between Buffalo and Super Troopers and the reason <laughs> why the illegal curve, the unique code word for the illegal curve merchandise contest is Super Troopers, all one word, all caps. It's Super Troopers uh, for your unique code word. We have a merchandise winner though dave and hopefully that story will not take as long but who was the winner of the illegal curve merchandise the winner was bruce harrison so bruce harrison you are the merch winner from today's game congratulations to bruce harrison i know bruce uh, is often retweeting us on twitter i don't know if i didn't see him on in the chat so i'm not sure if he's in the chat right now but he's uh he does all the things you need to do including leaving a comment on the podcast and if you do that you get points and you get a chance to win so congrats to bruce uh on the win and again as uh 
I saw in the chat, I am going to be doing a bunch of deliveries tomorrow. So uh, folks in St. Patel, Southdale, Frosty Winnipeg, you know what I'm talking about. Folks Dave, are, you gonna t- are you going to take the Lamborghini or are you just going to take the uh, the Hummer? No, I, I'm not, I haven't decided yet which, which vehicle I'll take as it might be. We'll see. We're not certain yet. And then, of course, there's going to be some in Elmwood, possibly uh, some other spots in round Home Winnipeg. of the Giants. We'll see. So anyway, Giants, congrats, right? congrats to Bruce on the big win uh, for the merch contest. I will be in contact with you. I'm seeing a lot of the winners who I sell deliveries to get to uh, are chatting right now. In fact, I've seen like five, although Jeffrey got his, so I'm, at least there's one. Why is it that when I cross over the Disraeli Bridge, it says Elmwood? Like that, is oh, that by the way, there's Bruce. I think I just saw Bruce in the chat. I think I just saw Bruce. Well, there's people chanting Bruce's name, so I'm not sure if it's... Uh, Bruce Almighty. Just, I will say I, I, two things about the chat that I want to say. First of all, very, everybody is very supportive. I noticed that when people get wins, there's always a lot of support for the there folks. There he is. B, BD Longshot. Yes. That's that it. boy, Bruce. Yeah, Bruce is in the chat. I thought hey, I saw the him, chat is sure. like the chat is like our second family. Well, I I want to say, but the best part about the chat and it's you guys it's are just, family. It's just the funniest part. I of, love you. Of the show is the fact that like we I mentioned a con, a concert and it was kind of like a throwaway con got you know comment and of course with us it just became a sidebar for a few minutes. But the chat I noticed were like going through their list of best concerts, worst concerts for like fifteen minutes after we finished that conversation. So. Love that element of things and uh, good times. And the craziest thing is a lot of people are joining us on our OnlyFans page as well. (laughs) (laughs) And that explains your computer troubles there, Mr. Ginsburg. So it's all coming full circle in tonight's Illegal Curve post-game show. Last word tonight goes to Buffalo Sabres head coach Don Granato, courtesy of our buddy Scott Billick on his Twitter feed. Quote, Hellbuck looked like a sumo wrestler with athleticism. He was good. And he certainly was, and he's largely the reason why the Winnipeg Jets won tonight by a 4-2 margin in upstate New York. Before we wrap up, I want to say a big thank you to all the sponsors of Illegal Curve who make the post-game show, the Saturday show, and the website a possibility. Our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club sold out tonight. All weekend sold out with Sugar Sammy as well. Be sure to get your tickets for the next upcoming comedian next week rumorscomedyclub.com Dr. Les Rikus and the team at Linden Market Dental Center are proud sponsors of these fine programs of ours Zapia Group Realty, Betway Tough Duck, Boston Pizza Seagram's Rollies Transfer, Grid Park and the Keg support these fine businesses because of I like that Frosty, sorry I got I like that Frosty got Spencer Sutton's in there <laughs> You stuck that in, Drew. You didn't see it. I didn't because I'm reading. I'm, I'm reading the read. I'm not necessarily looking at the screen. I'm looking <laughs> off to my second screen. Uh, but yes, that is well done. Frosty Winnipeg always good with the uh, one-liners and with some uh, some quips uh, to uh, to wrap up uh, to wrap up the show. Uh, big thank you to all the sponsors. Big thanks to all of you for joining us here on the Illegal Curve post-game show. You're going to do it again tomorrow night, eight forty-five. The Jets are going to be in Pittsburgh to meet the Penguins, and then you're going to come back Saturday morning at. 9 a.m. for the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. We always appreciate your support. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, leave us some feedback on YouTube, leave us some feedback on iTunes, tell your friends, tell your family the best place to be. 
after each and every Winnipeg Jets game, and again on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. is Spencer the Sutton's hot tub in Sage Creek. <laughs> is the illegal curve post-game show. For <laughs> Dave Manouk, for Ezra Ginsberg, I'm your host, Drew Mindell. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow night. This has been the Illegal Curve post-game show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.